Jackson also going around and saying that if they make a ground offensive, there will be an escalation. So you almost fear that the prophecy I gave could as well be fulfilled, right? So this is, before we start the discipleship sessions, I just wanted to clear this, to clean up this. So, the, the picture you see on your TV is a dreadful picture. Because first of all, you saw the way Hamas invaded. It's almost unthinkable. It's unimaginable and unthinkable that they can do that. All people are scratching their heads and there is a bit of a panic in Israel and for those that love Israel. Why? Because those borders that Israel has, they have the following. Number one, they have surveillance drones. They have surveillance drones. And they have the highest technology on drones. Even much, much earlier, before drones ever came into picture, I knew that some students developed drones in Technion in Haifa. When I lived in Israel. Much, much earlier. So they have surveillance drones on those borders. As you can imagine. They must have them. In fact, they do. Number two. They also have motion detectors that detect motion, movement, along those borders. Number three, they also have circuit, very high-tech CCTV, if you want to call it CCTVs, that tell real-time. You can see from the control towers, they can see real-time also. They can see events as they unfold, even in the night. So, and then they have satellite, satellite imagery real time also. From space they see. So, therefore, for a group of people to come and take a tractor, a caterpillar, and mow down the border and open and all of them run in, that is also unbelievable. That is, for Israel, that's unbelievable. And go in and butcher and do a rampage almost uncontrolled, unstopped. That, that is also un, un, unthinkable. That, that the, in Israel, let me tell you one thing. In Israel, for the many years that we lived in Israel, one thing I knew they have several units, that the Golani brigades and so forth, special forces. But they also have what you call the rapid reaction forces. Rapid reaction. These are forces that move very swift. When anything comes up, in within the five minutes they are there. Within the five, sometimes two, three minutes. They have arrived there to neutralize the threat. So they have rapid, I know, they have rapid reaction forces. They stay in their homes with automatic weapons. So that they respond instant at the nearest place. And so, it's also unthinkable that Hamas could go in and do such a butcher and massacre for a long time unstopped. 
unneutralized, uncontested. And then, um, and then what you get to see unfolding in your news now, thank God we are in this, uh, uh, this discipleship session here, so we can explore this a little deeper. So for you, you look at this with your spiritual eyes, right? You use your spiritual eyes to look at this. When you watch your news, with your spiritual eyes. And so, so now, when you look at Israel at this hour, you see Israel acting as though they are vulnerable. That's why now the friends of Israel are panicking also. They are appearing vulnerable, which is a very sorry state for Israel to be in because they have survived on their strength. And so what you have, even yesterday if you follow the conversation between Netanyahu and uh, Biden, and uh, you see that uh, at the end he says, when will you visit us? Come around please, visit us if you have time. That's a vulnerable state. Meaning if you come around, people will see that you are standing by us. You see as if they are vulnerable and the message it sends out to the enemies of Israel is not the right message. It tells the, the enemy now says, oh, they have been weakened. For a long time, we knew that those demonstrations against Netanyahu were going to weaken Israel. They were doing demonstrations and they were saying they are not going to come to army. They are, they, they are not going to go to the army as a revolt, as a rebellion. And then I'm like, you are saying that and your enemies can hear this, right? How would you say that? Even now they are making mistakes because they are now having the people whose loved ones have been kidnapped, putting them on TV. And they have them cry then weep. But that is what Hamas wanted. They said, we shall make you cry. You don't do that. You don't do that. You don't expose them. You don't expose the weakness. And so, the nuclear arsenals are now in, in the area. Iran is saying that if they make a ground offensive, they will attack also. Hezbollah has begun attacking. And if you see the type of weapons they are using, those are precision-guided missiles. You can see someone shooting from here, and it goes and knocks out the artillery tower of Israel. It blows it up. So you can tell those are precision-guided or laser-guided. So those are weapons beyond Lebanon. Even the execution of uh, the, the assault, the massacre by, uh, by, by, uh, by the Hamas, you can, that, that's not theirs. You can tell they are trained. And so, I mean, you have motion detectors, infrared cameras at night, drones, circuit CCTVs, satellite is watching and feeding real time, and then this happens for a long time. And they butcher quite a few, quite a lot of people. 
This is the largest number ever since the Holocaust, right? And so I want to say the following. Now, in my conversation with uh, the people of the Lord recently in Brazil, I rebuked them. I rebuked them recently. I rebuked them and I told them, why is it that you are relying on yourself? Why are you not relying on the Lord? And why is it that you are claiming to be so modern, you have forgotten the mighty works of the mighty God of Israel? The great wonders he did all the way across the wilderness until you entered. Why are you forgetting that? Because I said, I see you are modern. I see you are sophisticated now. And you have forgotten the mighty God of Israel. And I showed, in that meeting I showed them the prophecy I gave 2012 when I called the Lord. In 2012, December, I called the Lord twice to come. The Lord Jehovah, I called him twice to come. In 2012. Number one, the Lord took me to Israel and I saw the danger that was coming from the Syrian border, the Syrian side, there was danger. ISIS was operating also. And then, in that dream I spoke with the Lord, I asked the Lord to come and defend the borders of Israel. The borders of Israel. And then the Lord answered within that dream, I saw him coming from heaven in the dreadful cloud of his glory. And then he surely came and he moved along the border. So when you have a time to listen to that prophecy and fulfillment, when you have the moment, then you can also hear, inside that prophecy you can also hear the fulfillment, you can hear the footprints of God, the footsteps of Yahweh. What you see in the book of Genesis that Adam heard the footsteps of the Lord, and then uh, they, they ran away. I hope there is water here being given to the guests. Drinking water. Not at all. I think there are other people who can do that. Are you able to do that? Machere with your team? There is water. Okay, give water to people because it's quite warm here. Yes, give to the guests, not the Kenyans, please. Can I just continue with this? Oh, it will interrupt. You want to wait a little? Until I finish this. So, that pr I showed them that. I showed them, look, I called the Lord Jehovah and Jehovah came and defended the borders of Israel and the Israeli army, what they did, they lowered their guns. They now put their guns facing down and they started recording. They started recording. 
That means the Lord now defending them. The Lord defending them. And it's amazing because, yes, so when you look at it, it's also amazing because he came on the outer side. Ever since he departed, he came on the outer side. He only moved on the outer side of the border, not inside. So that you may notice that also, that he came on the outer side. Uh, I mean, he moved along the outer side. And the Lord showed me the heavenly hosts that were standing along the entire border with flaming swords. So I could see them a tremendous army. They, they, are, they are probably twice, twice your height with flaming swords. And they covered the entire... So when I checked the, the other borders also, all total, they had covered the entire borders of Israel with flaming swords. With flaming swords. And I know we are only on one camera. Please don't use two cameras here. Do not do that at all. We are only transmitting on this camera because of the seniority of some people who are sitting here. Hallelujah. So you are strictly on me, right? This is the only camera on. You don't use another camera. Close it because it can be hacked also. So, now, very serious. So that is what I showed them. I said, look, the Lord wants to defend Israel. Why am I saying so to them? Because I have seen ahead. I have seen what is coming. And so, the borders have CCTV. The borders have surveillance drones with cameras. They can see far before you approach. Their motion detectors, satellites are on. And then these people just do this and come in and butcher God's covenant people. That tells you a lot, right? Isn't that true? That only the Lord could allow that. You cannot. You cannot get to Israel and do that. You will not. They will not even allow you. In fact, they have even machine gun towers. So that was, you can tell, as though the prophecy I've been reading all the time, I'll read it again here, in, uh, in the book of Hosea, as though the manifestation of that has begun. Right? The book of Hosea, if you read with me, chapter 5. Before we get started, let me just clean up, clear this, please, uh, if you allow me, uh, to just clean up this table and then we'll get started, right? Then I'll tell you what the Lord is saying regarding the coming of the Messiah. And then, so, the book of Hosea, chapter 5, I'm reading 14 and 15. Hosea 5, versículo 14 y 15, por favor, en español, en portuguese también, en portuguese. So, he says the following. He says, For I will be like a lion to Ephraim, like a great lion to Judah. And then he goes on to say, I will tear them to pieces and go away. This is Yahweh speaking. And then he says, I'll carry them off with no one to rescue them. 
And he goes on to say, Then I will return to my place. So, how do you return to your place? Then I will return to the pavilion of my dwelling place. Then I will return to the pavilion of my shelter. Then I will return to my throne. How do you return to your throne unless you came? So he came. And you know the story of when he came, how they, they, they mishandled the visitation. They did not handle the visitation well. And it was very fearful to see him depart. It was unbelievable to see him depart. Even the manner in which he departed was such that he first left from the altar area and went and stood at the door a little bit. And he stayed there as if he did not want to leave. I'm talking about the cloud of glory. Jehovah himself. And he stayed there for some time as though he want. No, should I really go? Is it true I'm really going? Have they really chased me? Because of the idols they raised before him and their abuses, they failed to recognize the hour of their visitation. God himself had come to them like a generation I know of. Where God himself has come. Like a generation I know of. Where God himself has come. Hallelujah. So he came to them. And then, because of apostasy, and that's why apostasy is very deadly. The peligro, the dangers of apostasy, you cannot characterize in this life. It's eternal. The consequences are eternal. And that's why you see the Lord has put us on this path to fight apostasy. To fight it until the true Christianity, the true salvation is established that will admit the church into glory. Are we together? Because all of a sudden, the danger against the church is now not coming from out. It is not the devil outside coming in. No. It is an infection inside here. It is the diluting, the adulteration of salvation. If you know about, uh, I, I know I have taught about uh, the Baalam's doctrine. You know the doctrine of Baalam, I've taught it before. This doctrine has it that when they discovered that the God of Israel, whom the Israelites worship, is a mighty God, and that the Israelites, with their God, are virtually indomitable, insurmountable. You cannot attack them when they are walking with their God. You cannot. The Lord has even written it here. He said you cannot. You cannot attack Israel when they are walking right with their God. You cannot. So when they realize that, then this very fallen, wicked prophet of, uh, the, 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 of, uh, of Mesopotamia. That wicked prophet of Mesopotamia. He then, he gave, thank you, <laughs> the Spanish, thank you, everybody knows him. Then he gave this advice to the king. 
And he told them that these people, for as long as they are walking with their God, worshipping their God, you cannot fight them. And then, he said, however, if you can entice them so that they can be able to dilute their worship, to sin, to combine their worshiping of Jehovah with sin, their God does not tolerate sin. Their God does not tolerate sin. So if you can entice them to accept some sin in their worship, then it is now their God will turn around and slaughter them. That is what is happening in the church today. That now in the church, the enemy has come to the pulpit. The enemy has now come to the pulpit. And at the pulpit, the enemy has diluted Christian salvation. Has brought in a modern salvation, a liberal theology that dilutes Christianity, salvation. Now salvation is diluted. And the enemy knows that once he does that, and you throw away holiness from the church, then you will end up in hell. He will have succeeded. Because the Bible says so clearly, for without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. That is absolutely very clear. And so, this is serious, blessed people. Very, very serious. And so, he's saying here, that he came to them, and then now, he's saying that he is living. Then I'll return to my pavilion, to the dwelling place of my tabernacle, the shelter of my house, until they are born their guilt, and seek my face. In their misery, they will earnestly seek me. In the other version say, they will seek me temprano, very early. Very early in the morning they will seek me. The other version says, very early in the morning they will seek me. Muy, muy temprano in Spanish. Pronto in Portuguese. They will seek me early. They will not delay to seek me. In their misery. And so when you look at the unfolding now in the prophecy and the picture you see in that area now, in Israel and the whole surrounding there, then you can see that uh, you cannot do that. They are very sophisticated. You cannot enter there and butcher people unless it is the Lord that lowered their God. And the purpose is simple. That they may understand that they need Him. So you can tell now the events, some of the pictures that will roll out after the church is taken. You can tell of the events to come. That's why the prophecy I gave, uh, July 26, 2020, I speak about this unbelievable moment when a lot of missiles are raining and a lot of aircrafts are headed to bomb them. And I said, because of the existential threat, Israel might use nuclear weapons. But you see now, when you bring in nuclear weapons, like I said, then most people say, ah, then is that the war we are seeing in the book of Ezekiel? 38, 39. Whereby now, 
It's amazing because you have put on this side, and then you have Kush, which combines Egypt, and then you have uh, you, you have you have, uh, have Gomer, you have Togoman, you have uh, 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 Magog up here, and then you have you, Turkey. All this recruitment, and if you, you have Iran. Sometimes when you look at the formation now, then you can tell that it may not be good in the near future, right? You can tell that they are almost starting to align. I don't know which version. I need, I need to read many versions of the Bible. I need to read the Old King James. The Old King James, I think, says that uh, the, the king that comes from uh, the king that comes from Magog, I think when he comes with the whole of his alliance, I, th I need to read many versions. I think he empowers them, he equips them. I think he arms them. And that would be a situation, even as at now, because there are Russian anti-aircraft missiles, where? Within Iran and Syria. But somehow, Israel has been able to evade. We have been involved. I have been involved in that, even going and switching off the anti-aircraft uh, anti-aircraft uh, uh, arsenals and, uh, and the detection systems of, uh, of the enemies of Israel and their aircraft are able to make through. I have been involved the other side of us. But you see now, the Lord is saying here that until they are born their guilt, until they have understood the offenses they committed against me, in other words, until they have repented and come back to me. So it's very sad. It's a very sad moment. Because the people you see on your news that are being butchered by Hamas, these are God's chosen people. The Messiah has come from here. The light of salvation has come from here. Right? Even the coming kingdom of God, that the Messiah will reign on the throne of David. The Lord has taken me even to exact position where the throne of David was. And he told me to sit there. And then God the Father gave me the harp, the original harp. And he said, This is the original harp. And the Father played it a little, and then he gave me, say, You play it first. You also play it. This is where he sat when he played the harp for me. So even the kingdom of God, even the eternal kingdom of God, the new Jerusalem is named after Jerusalem, right? The twelve gates, the twelve foundations, right? Named after the twelve tribes, right? So these people you see being abused right now by Hamas, this is God's choice, God's sovereign choice, incontestable choice. There's undebatable choice, but you see indisputable. But you see now being abused. And so you can tell very easily that the Lord is saying that He wants them to stop relying on themselves. And now start relying on the God of Israel, on Jehovah. And He will fight battles for them. When He's fighting for them, you can read the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 17. 
Numbers 24:17. As we begin this uh, moment, blessed people, as the water is about to be distributed, and we are glad you have come. We are so blessed indeed. Hallelujah. Bienvenido en español. So the book of Numbers, Numbers 24. Fitan will be there. The, the book of Numbers 24. And I'm going to read verse uh, 17, which says, once you are there in many languages here translating, it says the following. I see him but not now, meaning I behold him, but not near. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. Okay, there are no movements here. Who is doing movements when we say don't do... Okay, Macharia, I'll just tell you to kick these people out. Yeah, just... Yeah, if it's, if it's Hilda, she'll just go back to the radio. Numbers 24, 17, it says... I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the peoples of Shem. You can go on if you want further. But he is promising there that only the Messiah only the Messiah would crush the enemy for Israel. Hallelujah. Only the Messiah would crush their enemy. So they have to come back to him. They have to get to know the Messiah. I have seen that day. I have seen that day. Because the Lord took me into Jerusalem. And then I saw our entry. And how it was announced. When we entered, I think that I've given across the world. I've spoken that prophecy across the earth. And it was announced, I had them announcing that we had entered into the Israeli airspace. And as we entered there, in that announcement, I don't know why the screen is flipping and flopping. I hope there is some, someone working here. And so, uh, I had that, everybody focusing on me, I had that announcement and when I was in Jerusalem, I can see the hill, and then I could see the temple that is built, the brand new temple. I saw the millennial temple on my right. In fact, the door to the temple is about maybe one and a half meters from me. I see, I know even the design of the door because the wood at the side is even grooved very beautifully grooved when you have a wood panel but grooved beautiful grooves inside beautifully so and there are stairs there to, to get there and then immediately as I was standing there everybody came to worship and then the whole land became covered with very succulent green green not grass but green plants very succulent and beautifully healthy. The entire of the mountain was covered green and all the people went on their bellies. When they looked this, I saw the Messiah in the temple. And they, were, they all went down on their bellies. 
the entire mountain, but I saw the Messiah in the temple, so they worshipped him. You know, the book of Zechariah chapter 3 promises that. Hallelujah. So, we're really not going into that, but it promises there that in one day, he'll wipe out the sin of Israel, of Jerusalem. He promises also, if you get the book of Romans chapter 11 verse 26, after the fullness of the number of the Gentiles, then you hear that, and all Israel will be saved. So, he really promises the revival of Israel, right? But to see them in this condition now is very heartbreaking. And I know that the Lord is also telling them, in fact in that way the Lord is also saying that, look, depend on the God of Israel. Depend on the Lord. He is your defender. You may be so good in satellite, in, in, in the, the, the intelligence, and all these things, human, human. But depend on the Lord. And then inside that depend on the Lord, you'll hear the Lord say, and his servants are around already. So, so you see that the Lord is reachable. They can consult. But most importantly now, you can see very clearly that uh, it looks like the enemies have picked a wrong cue. The enemies now think Israel is weak. But I guess they are going to be surprised, right? Very much surprised. You and I know that they will be surprised, right? Hallelujah. And so that's the developing story. The next part of that prophecy, which is unbelievable, I don't know where to place it, whether to place it before the rapture or after, is where now those many, many aircrafts from Iran are raiding. They, they really go. They really go and they make it through. They really go and enter into Israel with bombs. And I think they drop their payload there. But Israel fights back. So that is a very unbelievable situation. That is a very unbelievable situation. So I don't know where to put it. Whether to put it before or after, but I cannot do that, right? Because nobody knows the day or the hour, right? And you cannot put any marker. Then you'll be able to puncture the, the, the imminency of his return. The imminency would be destroyed, punctured. It will not hold water anymore. If you tell them that there is this marker here on the prophetic timeline, must happen before the rapture. Hallelujah. And so that's why, let me just get a few lessons from that before we get started. What is the Lord saying then on that? If you turn with me right away to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as we get started tonight. Before we get started rather. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm reading 11. Once you're there, read together, blessed people. Primera Corinthians, capítulo 10, versículo 11, por favor, en español y portugués. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we are reading verse 11 together. It says the following. It says, These things happen to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. Kingdoms walking in a column, going towards the border, they're bringing the tanks, they're bringing what? Other countries are trying to come and help you. But you have Jehovah. And so the Lord is saying, if that be the consequences of rebellion, 
that even you yourselves, you need to, re, to re, keep re-examining yourself to make sure you are still in the faith and that you have not fallen away into rebellion. And we are going to handle that today. Just give me a moment. We are going to handle the rebellion you see in the church today. An open rebellion. Open. Open revolt in the church. And then I gave the example, I give it today again, of the book of Jonah chapter 1, if you don't mind, as we finish up with this. The book of Jonah, if you get there. Jonah chapter 1, if you get there. If you can get there, we read together. Hallelujah. The book of Jonah chapter 1 also lays a lesson for you in this age. And it says, you could read from verse 5 or 8, it still will give you the same thing. And it says, Versículo 5, All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God with small g. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell asleep. He, he fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God, small g again. Maybe he will take notice of us here in our suffering so that we will not perish. Verse 7 he says, Then the sailors say to each other, Come, let us cast lots and find out who exactly is responsible for this calamity that is about to befall here. They cast lots and he fell on Jonah. Look at that. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Verse 9, he answered, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord Jehovah, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. He says, this, terri this terrified them, this shocked them, this perplexed them, and they asked, what have you done? But remember, remember when he entered the ship. When he had just entered the ship, you know the way you enter a ship and you sit somewhere, you greet people, find someone, acquaintance, then you tell him, you know, for me I'm fleeing from the Lord. You see, he shared, he already shared. He already shared. He entered, when he entered the ship, he had sat, I think someone who looked uh, friendly, he had shared that he's running away from the Lord. So how do you escape this? This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. All by design, all by setup, right? And then he says, verse 11, they see what's getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you? What can we, what should we, you know the way somebody looks at you and says, what, based on what you've done, what should I, you just tell me what I should do to you. 
That is serious. Right? What should we do to you? Then he said, I think the best you can do is to tie me up and toss me into the sea. <laughs> what a statement. But there is a serious message there for you on what you are watching in the news now. That however much you will try to reject the Lord or rob from him or revolt, the Lord will never give up. He will continue pursuing you. He will pursue you. He created everything. You cannot run away from the Lord. Oh yes. That is the lesson you need to learn as a church from there. Even when you look at your news now. You realize that these people cannot run away from the Lord. The Lord is pursuing these people. Why? Because there is an agenda for them. At the end, Israel will be at the center of God's spiritual agenda for the earth. Must. Hallelujah. There is a role. The Messiah has to reign on the throne of David. Hallelujah. And so he's saying, even you be careful now. You may try to run away from the Lord. He will in one way, one way or the other catch up with you, either to, to roast you in the lake of fire, or he will catch up with you when now you have repented and you want to serve him, so that you will accomplish the purpose for which he created you. Right? Hallelujah. And that's why we need to be very careful, blessed people. And you see the same thing for that matter, because of rebellion, you have Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, Jacob's trouble, the day of Jacob's trouble. The church needs to learn from that. Unless you want to enter there. I wouldn't think all of you want to enter there. Not at all. I have seen the worst coronaviruses there. The worst wars there. So please, if you are the heavenly people that are burdened and you want to enter heaven and you want to bring your nations into the kingdom of God, then that's an awesome thing. You are the citizens of the kingdom of God. And therefore he's saying, you ought to be learning these lessons now, right? You ought to be learning a lesson, a very serious lesson right now, that look, out of that rebellion, now the 70th week is reserved for nine. He says the following. It's very sad. He says, awake of sword against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me, declares the Lord Almighty, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and I'll turn my hand against the little ones. Verse 8 of Zechariah 13 says, In the whole land declares the Lord, two thirds will be struck down and perish, and yet one third will be left in it. This one third I'll pass through the fire, I'll refine them like silver and test them like gold and they'll call on my name and I'll answer them I'll say they are my people and they will say the Lord he is our God but that is terrible because during the holocaust you see the number that was killed but he's saying now it will be even worse that two out of every three Jews will be killed in the dispensation ahead of us here. Why? Because of rebellion. Failing to recognize your hour of visitation. Rebellion from the Lord. 
Right now, I know of a generation sitting in front of me that the cloud of God has visited publicly, publicly. Meaning God has come out to publicly identify with you, my Lord. That's even more difficult. It's like saying, I'm not ashamed to be called by your name. The God of Jacob. God of Isaac. That's the kind of thing he's saying there. To publicly identify with this church. The church of repentance and holiness. Because on that day there were many churches meeting in Kenya. First of all in Kisumu itself. And he did not go there. When I called him, he only came where I was. In other words, he's saying, be very careful. That's why I want to begin the discipleship session after this. I'm just giving the lessons you learn, right? He's saying, be very careful then. Because on that day, there are many churches in Kisumu. This is a city called Kisumu. Many churches. And he did not go there. And all of them, some of them had a night vigil on Saturday. I remember in the hotel where we were staying, we could hear a night Kesha vigil going on in, in one church. And they were crying out to the Lord. They were really crying out to him to visit them. So all of them were saying, Lord, visit us. But the Lord did not visit them. But now publicly and openly, publicamente in Spanish, he came to identify with this church. That is a serious thing. Especially considering the scripture I want to handle today. That he can publicly come out in the modern day to identify with you. That is now the demarcation of eternity right there. God is calibrating eternity right there. Because very shortly I'm going to read the scripture that says, To tell you the truth, I know you not. When now God says he does not know you. Meaning he does not identify with you. The all-knowing God now says he doesn't know you. I want us to handle that eventually, today, right? The God that knows everything, he will now turn around and say, no, to tell you the truth, I don't know you. Meaning in terms of a relationship with you, in terms of the execution of your worship, we're going to see that today, right? As we begin our discipleship sessions here. But you see very clearly here, that he's saying two thirds, two out of three, the Holocaust was terrible. I don't know what was, one out of what? But this is now two out of three will be slaughtered. If you have time, you read Ezekiel 20 also. When he says, you come now and open a sword on them. These are realities, blessed people. And that's why he says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Are we together? This is serious, blessed people. But sometimes you wonder, in this also, you should draw... Le- okay, Ezekiel 20, let's read it then. Ezekiel 20, from 33, 38. Then I will finish so we can begin our sessions tonight. But I thank you very much for coming. In the mighty name of Jesus. I know we are still live now on the stream. Is it clear? Not at all. Oh, it's very clear. Thank you then. Oh, very good. And then uh, we are also streaming on radio. Now we are global. That's very good. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, I'm reading, I mean, chapter 20, I'm reading 33, 38. It says the following. It says, when all comes true, and it surely will, then they will know that a prophet, oh, sorry, sorry, Ezekiel 20. Disculpe, por favor, en español. Ezekiel 20. Ezekiel 20, capítulo 20, versículo 33. 
Al 38, por favor, en español. Right? We are together? Very good. Ezekiel chapter 20, I'm reading from 33. And it says the following. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I'll reign over you with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with outpoured wrath. I'll bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with the outpoured wrath. I'll bring you into the wilderness of the nations and there face to face I will execute judgment upon you. As I judge your ancestors in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will judge you, declares the sovereign Lord, the hour of hosts. I will take note of you as you pass under the rod and bring you into the bond of the covenant. So this is really judgment. This is the wrath of God prepared, the consequences of rebellion. God judges sin. That is what the Lord is saying here, that God judges sin. So that is the lesson we pick from there. God judges rebellion. And that is the duty of the Lord, is the mission of God. If you look at the mission of God all through, from creation until even the end, is to gather His people. He, he is always out to gather His people. And so blessed people, that you pass them under the road, under judgment, right? And so, but you should take lesson. That really begins our session tonight, right? That is where our discipleship session begins tonight. So can you distribute the water? Right now the water, because we are about to take a short break. But just...